0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Despite what your parents told you growing up, looks matter, especially for food and beverage products in the current era of Instagram, where more than 500 million people around the world check their photo feeds daily, And 68% of millennials photograph their food before eating it. This means it's no longer enough to make a product that's delicious and nutritious. It also needs to be photogenic. And I'm not talking about photogenic by a food stylist, but by the average consumer who does little more than point, shoot, and select a filter. This can be a heavy lift for food and beverage makers, but it's essential because according to the global fragrance, flavor, and food ingredient company Simrise's recently published 2019 Top Trends in North America report, the trend of vibrant visuals will become even more important in coming years. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Simrise's marketing and consumer insights manager, Dylan Thompson, shares where specifically this trend is going next, He also shares how visual appeal relates to other emerging trends, such as the explosion of floral, and to a lesser but still important extent, the increasing acceptance of Asian food, flavors, and styles. As our regular listeners will know, these trends build on several that Thompson shared with us last week. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to do so. You can find it on our website at www.foodnavigator-usa.com slash trends slash soup to nuts podcast, or maybe a little easier on iTunes. So consumer interest in photogenic foods and beverages isn't necessarily new, according to Thompson, but it is becoming more refined, with consumers preferring specific colors and textures. In the past, millennial pink and sparkling rainbows captivated consumers, but in 2019 and beyond, Thompson predicts that blue and purple will emerge as favorites.
1: Um, All of our four examples for vibrant visuals this year are sort of around that purple area. Purple and blue, I guess I would say. Out of those four, we have ube, um, which is a a purple yam. Uh, It's big in Southeast Asia. It's been around forever, and we started to see it bubble up in New York in different formats um, I think the first place we might have saw it was in ice cream. And uh, so that's here to stay. And now if you if you scroll through Instagram and you follow a lot of food accounts, you'll definitely see um, ube popping up more and more. Um, just look for the bright purple and you'll see it. And if it's not ube, then it's probably butterfly pea flower. Um, that's probably one of the top examples out of all the trends that we are tracking for 2019 a, a coffee speakeasy um in new york city it has a vietnamese coffee um that has ube in it with vanilla extracts uh, simple syrup and coconut milk and what you get is this really cool blend of the black coffee the white coconut milk and then the very bright purple ube at the bottom um there's another one from uh from jersey city uh this one is actually a um an ube pie from Gwenny's pastries um that's going to be featured at an event in jersey city um coming up bright purple um inside of the pie with white purple icing uh butterfly pea flower on the other hand uh seen recently in st louis missouri even so you know, you think about a lot of these trends and you, you think, oh, that's only happening in East coast or West coast and maybe New York and San Francisco and places like that. But, um, recently while in St. Louis, Missouri, I saw a butterfly pea flower beer. Um, we were in Philadelphia recently with star chefs and saw a butterfly pea flower, um, tea at a, uh, at a Malaysian restaurant. Um, that's probably the most common way to see it is that as a tea. Um, but, however, it's being used in cocktails as well. So another New York City example is uh, this past weekend I saw it at a bar called Mr. Paradise in New York City. Um, they were actually mixing it with gin and uh, some tonic water, and they were making sort of a really fun bright purple um, take on a gin and tonic. Um, so, yeah, it just it seems to be penetrating everywhere, like every category is all about creating those fun, unique visuals. And a big part of it I think is that you can still keep a lot of times almost the same taste profile that you're keeping and whatever the product is. So if it's, um, ice cream, for instance, you can use Ube and make it purple and still keep pretty well the same flavor of whatever ice cream you were using. Um, in some cases it does add flavor. Um, Another example within Vibrant Visuals is purple carrot, so that's more on the savory side, and that one's definitely pretty easy to see, um, you know, coming together with another thing that we've seen with carrots, and that's sort of just taking the carrot as is. Um, chef's really trying to find the, the best ingredients that they can and not doing a lot to it, so, you know, maybe it's just, like, heavily roasting it and salting it and, um doing the best that they can with, with that ingredient without messing with it too much. And so we've seen purple carrot popping up more in savory dishes like that as um, sort of a unabashed, you know, ingredient to add an extra pop of color. And then the last one we had for Vibrant Visuals is huckleberry. Um, and that's another unique one, creating a sort of a bright, bluish, purple flavor. That one's probably the one that is more... Um, on the verge still um you don't see as many examples of it yes it's an ingredient that's been around for forever and um it's just never really been a mainstream thing where people might say oh, give me a huckleberry yogurt but maybe in the next couple of years they will because it's going to add um a little bit of an extra pop of color and uh, it has some good health aspects to it as well
0: visual appeal isn't just about color it's also about texture and overall style especially when it conveys a sense of fun or wonder or even elegance, all of which flowers and herbs deliver, according to Thompson. He added that as consumers become more familiar with the visual aspects of flowers and herbs, they're also starting to embrace their unique smells and flavors, creating the foundation for the flavor explosion that Simrise predicts will take off in 2019 and beyond.
1: If you maybe think about um, your experience uh, as a consumer over the last year or two, you've probably noticed it or maybe come in contact with it and haven't really thought about it. But there's more and more florals everywhere, um, and they are very polarizing. But I think as uh, consumers are maturing here in the U.S. and becoming more and more willing to try new things and take their palate into new territories, and, uh, you know, there's also more accessibility. So someone like where I'm from in uh, southern Illinois in, in the Midwest, where you don't have a ton of exposure to like you know fine dining and things like that, you maybe now can order it through Amazon or um, you know something like that where uh, they are being exposed to it. And I think that's part of what's driving this floral explosion. So consumers really like the um, the visual aspects of a lot of the florals, um, and then it is a, a new taste that they, a lot of uh, consumers haven't experienced before. And on the other side consumers that are experienced with floral flavors that may be, you know, really familiar with, like, rose and hibiscus, um, lavender even, um, they are sort of asking, you know, what's next, or chefs are, you know, giving it to them, like, here's the next floral or uh, flower sort of base thing that will be um, in front of you and on your plate. So I think in the past it maybe been was more – Tied to a culture like um rose for instance, could be tied to middle eastern um cuisine and culture and rose water and things like that, whereas now and then also past that it could have been in fine dining, so something could have had rose petals you know on top of a of a you know really fancy fine dining dessert for instance, but now you're taking something like rose and uh, let's say mixing it with strawberry and putting it into a, a sparkling drink, for instance. And then that gives you what I was talking about earlier that familiarity. So you have the strawberry and you have the idea of how I, I want a sparkling, you know, refreshing, sparkling beverage. And then adding that rose as a twist. And that gets me excited and gets me interested. So, um, so rose and lavender, um, those are two of the, the bigger ones from the past. Last year, we saw more around orange blossom um, being really big, especially in the coffee world. Um, Orange blossom lattes, for instance, are something that we think will continue to grow. Um, If it's ever adopted by uh, one of the bigger chains, that could be something that could could blow up really fast. The floral side, uh, the four for this year that we see um, are um, dandelion uh, is one. So dandelion and dandelion mainly root, uh, especially in savory dishes and fine dining, uh, chive blossom and other uh, vegetable blossoms, uh, broccoli flower is another one, and uh, the last one that we named was blossoming chai. So we know it's not, it's not necessarily an actual flower or uh, plant, but um, blossoming chai, just because we've seen so much this combination of chai teas and chai flavors together with different florals.
0: On the herb side, Thompson predicts that shiso, chocolate mint, woodruff, and pandan will emerge as favorites in 2019 and beyond.
1: Old uh, Shiso, we see a lot. Um, so again, coming back to the whole Asian influence, shiso traditionally is seen in um, Japanese cuisine and something that comes along with your sushi. Um, now it's being used in all kinds of different applications from putting it into a fresh salad to um, making an oil out of it that would go into a dessert um, to you name it. So I even saw that um, Target, the major retailer, that they had a line of um, personal care products like soaps and lotions that was featuring uh, Shiso. So for us, when we see something that's really going cross-category, especially in retail um, and into even outside of food, um, that really is showing you how big of an impact it's making. Um, this year we also see chocolate mint. So that's not just combining chocolate and mint. It's an, it's an actual varietal of mint. Um, Woodruff we see as well and pandan or pandan. Um, pandan is, uh, another Asian ingredient. Um, and that's been really interesting to see as well. So, we saw that, for instance, in a in a cake uh, dessert at um, a restaurant in New York, as well as uh, as malted pandan in a cocktail recently. So, um, it's another versatile ingredient that's sort of going um, all over.
0: As Thompson noted, many of the floral and herbal flares that Simrise is watching fit nicely into another major trend that the company is predicting will emerge in 2019 and the coming years, and that's, quote, acceptable Asian.
1: Um, Asian, again, is nothing new in the U.S. There's been Asian food here for a long time in different ways um, from, you know, your Chinese restaurants that that were some of the first Asian food to be here all the way now to like very, very authentic Japanese and Korean and even regional um, even regional Chinese cuisine, for instance. It's gotten very, very um, complex and very, very um, good here, actually, in the U.S., of the sort of Asian uh, cuisine and ingredients that you can find. So uh, what that is doing is helping to drive the accessible Asian side of things, which is the part that we think is more accessible to mainstream consumers, and part of that, or a lot of it, is driv- driven by culinary stars like uh, David Chang, uh, Danny Bowen from Mission Chinese Food in uh, New York City, um, and countless others. Um, those are two of the big, uh, the big names that a lot of people may know of because they've been featured on Netflix and Vice and everything else uh, that's out there that are really popular with um, millennials. And so that is helping to drive um, these. Asian ingredients and Asian foods that we thought were at one point maybe not really mainstream at all that are now becoming accessible. Um, And the ways that they're becoming accessible is usually first they're used with an anchor ingredient that's familiar to consumers. So um, it's one of them, for instance, for this year uh, that we have is called Yuzu Plus. So Yuzu Plus is all about um, tell me what – what is going with yuzu. So it's not just like, hey, give me a a yuzu soda or a yuzu cocktail. It's yuzu with a familiar um, ingredient. So a really good mainstream example of that is uh, the yuzu hot sauce at Trader Joe's. Um, So you're taking a classic American thing like hot sauce. It's also a global thing, I realize, but American thing like hot sauce and putting a little twist on it with yuzu. Um, Another one we have is miso plus, so, yes, miso soup has been around um, forever here in the U.S. and then you know every uh, Japanese or sushi restaurant, you're going to find miso soup, but outside of that, most mainstream consumers aren't familiar with it or what it does. So now we're seeing it incorporated uh, into other familiar things to sort of that's introducing it to mainstream consumers. So uh, a good example we saw in uh, Philadelphia was miso Mayo. Um, So literally just mayonnaise with some miso mixed in that's giving it some extra um, umami and funkiness. Um, And they're putting that on a a regular sandwich um, in a deli, a deli called uh, Middle Child, which was actually a a Star Chef's winner in Philadelphia um, a couple months ago when we were there. And it's those sort of things that are really taking taking charge and introducing mainstream consumers. So taking an ingredient that might have been less known or maybe you've heard of it and then putting it in a familiar format um the other two that we saw um xo sauce is another one uh traditionally from hong kong um and usually made with uh seafood so there's definitely some seafood notes there um now we're seeing it used in more ways than than what it was intended so instead of just being in a in an xo noodle dish or something like that you may see it um combined into uh, another condiment and used as a dipping sauce for fries, for instance. Um, and the last one was, uh, Jap- it's kind of a combo. It's uh, Japanese cheesecake, which I mentioned earlier, um, and then Jian Bing's. So Bing's uh, coming directly from China. Um, and I mentioned David Chang earlier. David Chang actually opened up a new restaurant in uh, Columbus Circle, in New York and one of those uh, that restaurant is uh, one of its big focuses is on the bing which is almost like a chinese version of a of a burrito i guess is the best way i can describe it um i don't know if that's the the best way to describe it but basically um you're taking a a lot of different ingredients um and wrapping it up in sort of a wrap situation and usually it's all tied together with um with egg and scallion, and then you can add in different elements like pork floss or um, or sesame seeds or uh, you name it. So, uh, yeah, so those are some of the main things that we're seeing in, uh, in that area, and I think it's only going to increase. And those are, again, the ones that we think are coming in the next two to three years. There's already plenty of good examples of accessible Asian um, in today's uh market so if you you think about soy sauce for instance um and soy being combined into other condiments if you go to a um a cup there's a chain restaurant i can't remember the name of it um that does sort of a quick serve version of japanese food and they have a soy ketchup so it couldn't be more american to me than that is taking a classic thing like ketchup and and mixing in the uh the global influence of soy sauce and So there's multiple examples like that. And just these four is what we think are really going to make an impact in the next couple of years.
0: And with that, we've come to the end of our time, even though we haven't come to the end of all the trends that Simrise is watching. Listeners who want to know about all 11 trends that Simrise is betting on in the coming years can do so by reaching directly out to the company. Or you can keep your eyes peeled for our coverage coming out of IFT Summit in New Orleans next week. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.